Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 141 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I chat with the lovely Amber Warren. She's from Sunshine Health Recovery, and she is the Sober Nutrition Coach. She's here to help you stay sober through nutrition. She's going to help you alleviate cravings, your depression, anxiety, insomnia, and so much more all through diet. Word of advice, grab a pen and paper because her tips come fast and furious. You might want to repeat this episode a couple times. Amber lays down some solid tips for nutrition in recovery. She also walks us through her own recovery journey. This episode is so fantastic, so let's get into it. A lot of things change in sobriety and recovery. Our values, our priorities, maybe even our careers. For a lot of us, we're looking for ways to pay it forward, to help our fellow women find the freedom from living a booze-free life. A Sober Girls Guide certification in business training is the only custom-designed program for women who are in recovery who want to turn their passion into a successful career and profitable business. Head to asobergirlsguide.com to learn more and to sign up today. Well, hello, Miss Amber. How are you? Hi, Jessica. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, I've had so many dynamic women on the podcast, and I really haven't had anyone to help me zero in and dial down on the whole, like, recovery and nutrition and getting that in order. So you Mm -hmm. are the sober nutrition coach. And I definitely want to touch on that. But I would want to I want to hear your sobriety journey and what led you to come into recovery. So you could give us a little backstory. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to touch base on all of those things as well. I feel like nutrition is the one area in recovery that's kind of lacking and there's not a huge focus on it. Um, and it's kind of just like, we're missing the mark there because it has so many 
benefits to it. But before we get into that, um, so my, you know, everybody's sober journey and story is long, right? There's never a simple answer to it. Um, but I started drinking around the age 14. I was smoking at age 12 and then drinking alcohol and smoking pot by the time I was 14. Mm. And it wasn't even just like experimenting. It was like when I started drinking, it was full force. It was like just what we did in my town. I grew up in a small little area and that's what we did for fun. That's what we did every weekend. And it just kind of grew from there and developed into this bigger problem. And, you know, over the years, it's been attached to, you know, my emotions and suffering with severe depression, severe anxiety, um, relationship problems, not knowing how to deal with my emotions properly or in a healthy way. And that's really what kind of led me finally into getting sober. You know, I, tr- I tried moderating and I've tried quitting alcohol for mm-hmm. so many years before I finally actually did get sober. And, you know, I still don't even know like why exactly I finally was able to, like, it was finally able to stick this time other than like, I was just sick and tired of my own shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, just so sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time and being on that hamster wheel and the mental torture you go through and trying to moderate your drinking. And it's like all you ever think about and, um, what kind of pushed me into it. I was in a relationship and he was sober. Mm -hmm. And so it was something that kind of opened my eyes a little bit more. You know, like I said, it was something I'd already been thinking about for years, but then being in a relationship with somebody else who was sober made me more, um, open to like, actually considering that I might have an issue with alcohol myself and being more accepting of it. Um, and then, you know, of course I continued drinking, which then it always led to problems within my relationships and being overly emotional and, you know, getting into big arguments and, you know, cause I'd get drinking and then things just escalate. And so that relationship came to an end. He's like, I'm not, you know, going to stay in a relationship like this. You need to have more life experiences sober and you need to work on that. And I was just heartbroken, Mm -hmm. absolutely heartbroken. And I think that that's what finally like kind of pushed me into like, okay, I need to quit drinking. And it's, so it started as this, like, if I quit drinking, maybe I can get him back kind of thing. And I left town. It was at the beginning of COVID. So I was on furlough from work anyways, and fortunate to be able to have that escape, which, you know, I feel like for a lot of people, the COVID um, has affected everybody differently. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like stocking up on cases of beer instead of toilet paper. <laughs> like everybody else, you know, like my priorities were so not <laughs> in order, but, and I was drinking more because of it. But then because of it, I had the opportunity to really escape and like focus on myself and not have those day-to-day um, distractions or things that would cause triggers for me and cause me to want to go drink. Mm-hmm. And so I left town I went to go stay with my best friend for a few months. And those few months that I was there, it was just really like, okay, I'm going to try and cut back on drinking because I love this man and I want him back in my life. 
but then it became more, the more I was not drinking and exploring that relationship and the reasons why, and working with a therapist is when I realized like, wow, I have a lot of other deep rooted issues going on here. And maybe I need to be sober for myself, not just because of this man and because I want a relationship. And it's just went from there. You know, it's, it's like this thing. It's, you don't go into it thinking like, I'm never going to drink again. Cause that's so overwhelming. And that's, you know, why a lot of us all say one day at a time. And that is truly like how it started for me. I didn't go into it saying like, I'm never going to drink again. It was just, okay, I need a break. And from there, it's just, I've finally been able to cut it out completely. And I've been able to educate myself, um, on all the ways it really was like infiltrating my life. And in the biggest way was with my depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so, it was so bad to the point. It wasn't, I wasn't like actively trying to kill myself, but I also didn't care. Like I did not care if something mm-hmm. happened to me, I would put myself in extremely dangerous situations where I could have been killed or I could have been, you know, raped or something awful. And I just didn't care. And I had no desire to live. And now here I am. I think I'm coming up on 17. I'm 17 and a half months sober now. I lost wow. count. <laughs> yeah. So my sober date is June 20th, 2020. So I, I just, and now I have a desire to live again. I've been mm-hmm. able to um, get rid of a lot of the ailments that I've had with the depression, anxiety, the insomnia all of those things. And I'm just, now I'm thriving and living this healthy life. And I'm so glad that I got out of that just awful way of living in addiction. Hmm. How did you go to AA or you said you went to therapy? What other like modalities did you use to help you? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing too. I think that we have to kind of rely on um, more than one source for help in recovery. I think if we rely on one thing, it can be dangerous. Um, cause if, you know, it's not available. So I had my therapist that I would speak to once a week. Um, and then I had gone to my doctor for like a neck issue. And I ended up, that was the first time I admitted I was an alcoholic and how much I would like was I wasn't totally honest, but I was closest to the truth of how much I was actually drinking. (laughs) And I somehow (laughs) ended up, they had, they kept me there. I was there for like over three hours and I ended up seeing an addiction specialist there. And so then I started working with the addiction specialist at my primary physician's office. I would see them once a month and then, um, opening up to the, uh, sober community on Instagram has been huge. All the connections I've made with people on here mm-hmm. have been so helpful. Um, I used the, the reframe app. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of that at all. That was really great with um, the educational tools that it provides every day, which helps you kind of understand like what's going on with your brain and your body and not feeling like, oh, okay, this isn't just me. This is normal. This is what you're supposed to experience. And this is what happens. Um, And then I did, I tried AA. I've gone to AA a handful of times, but it just didn't stick for me for some reason. There wasn't anything in particular or any reason why I just, I wasn't like connecting for some reason. And since then I've 
found other support groups. Um, the East Coast Sober Squad is an online support group, and we have a private uh, app that we use called Slack, and where there we have over 150 members right now, and it's all women. Um, which I think is really comforting too, when it's an all women's support group, you kind of feel more relaxed to open up and can relate on different things, you know? Um, so I do that. So I still keep up with a lot of those things regularly. Um, but in the beginning it was like, I was accessing every resource that I could to help keep me sober. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there are a handful of communities out there now, which are really, nice to see that there's options out there it's not just AA Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah those those like-minded communities are what what we need right like getting sober alone is brutal it is not recommended at all um, Mm -hmm. because you're already you're getting rid of your number one coping 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 mechanism (laughs) whoa um (laughs) you know, so you're already feeling alone. So yeah, being with like minded women, especially who, you know, feel the same, think the same, you don't feel alone. It's like, fantastic. And I am so lucky that I get to preview that magic in our own group coaching and coaching experiences. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's really powerful. And it works. Yeah. It that was one of the most difficult things for me in the beginning was feeling really isolated. I felt really ashamed and embarrassed because mm-hmm. I felt like there's something wrong with me. Why can't I handle my alcohol like everybody else? Yeah. You know, and it's like it, I just was uneducated. I didn't know. And now I see like, okay, you know what? This is actually more common than I realized. And it can happen to anybody. It literally yeah. can happen to anyone. And I think that that's where you know, I, I see a huge change happening now and it becoming more of like this trend to be sober and it's becoming more accepted. But I think we still have a long way of going of breaking that stigma around the word alcoholic, because Mm. I feel like that's what held me back for so long too. I did not want to label myself as that because I had this image in my mind of what an alcoholic is. And that's what, what's your image? I don't mean to interrupt you, but what is like, it's so funny because everyone has a different image. Yeah. So it wasn't like necessarily that I thought it was like some bum on the street or something like that. It was more like I would always, my my twin sister would always come to me and express her frustration and try and tell me that I had a problem and I would get mad at her and I would say, no, I don't. I'm not an alcoholic. I go to work every day. I pay my bills every day. I put food in my stomach every day. I take care of myself. So I am not an alcoholic because I was able to do all those things in function. It was my excuse of saying like, I don't have a problem. And it's like, no, you can still be going to work. You can still put yourself together, get dressed, put your hair and makeup on and look fine on the outside, Mm -hmm. but still be having a major problem going on. Yeah. I guess like I just, I pictured it as this person that couldn't get their shit together. That's always late on their bills or mm-hmm. looking like a mess. You know, I don't know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always like, I think it comes from like my parents, like, you know, instilling this, like, I guess, visual of like, oh, of this like loser, Like if you can't, Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. can't control yourself, you're a loser. Like you're a failure. 
Yeah. And so I was always trying to control my, like everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything was about control, which essentially is just about fear because I didn't want to be a loser in my parents' eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And that gets mentally exhausting too. You're trying to control all these different aspects, aspects of your life. And it's like, I tell people all the time, I feel like I was living this double life where I would go to work and everybody I'd worked, I worked at a very reputable business within my community. You know, we dealt with a lot of higher ups in the community. And so I had to like pull it together and look corporate, you know, kind of, yeah. and nobody there had the slightest clue that I had a problem that I would leave there and go get shit faced every night and then somehow roll out of bed the next morning and go like, it was like two different people. And now that I'm so open about it and like, I don't work there anymore, but I still, um, communicate with a lot of them. They've reached out to me and they're like, Oh my God, Amber, you sweet thing. I had no idea. And I'm like, I know I'm really good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Amber, how did you get into where you are now becoming a nutritionist and, uh, becoming the sober nutrition coach? Take us up to speed. Yeah. So I have always had a passion for cooking and health and nutrition ever since I was a little girl. Like my mom loves to tell people when all the kids would be watching cartoons or outside playing, I would be sitting there watching like Julia Child and cooking shows. (laughs) Like I just, I love food and health and nutrition and what it can do for you. And yeah, um, within the pandemic again, right. So I was on furlough and um, my dad was really ill and his health was declining. So I had to move in with him mm. actually at the beginning of my sobriety, which was wow. like, oh my God, it was the hardest thing I have ever had to fucking do in my whole entire life. And I hope nobody ever has to experience that Yeah, because you're already, you know, dealing with so much and then to have to take care of a sick parent. Mm. Um, it's physically demanding, mentally, emotionally draining. It's hard to see your parent go through that. So I wanted to drink every day, but anyways, um, while I was, but I'm also thankful for it because I feel like it's because of that, that I was able to stay sober. Yeah. Um, but while I was there taking care of him and I was like feeling all of these ailments, like I was saying earlier, the anxiety, the depression, insomnia, not sleeping. I was bloated all the time. Mm. Um, I was gaining weight, uh, you know, and there were all these things going on. And I'm like, you know what, the one thing I can control is what I'm eating, I might not be able to control Mm. my environment or what's going on here, the physical demands of taking care of my dad. But I can control how we're eating. That's the one thing I know. That's the one thing I've known my whole life and what I've had a passion for, despite having a drinking problem for two plus decades. (laughs) (laughs) How I never um, opened my eyes to realize how damaging that was is beyond me. And I actually just goes to show how accepted it is in our society. Um, but that's yeah. like a whole other conversation. <laughs> so um, as I'm taking care of him, so then I started cooking, you know, and he needed to eat healthy too, right? So yeah. I, that's what I did. I started focusing on good, whole, natural, clean, organic foods. I was cooking all of our meals. We both started feeling better. We both started doing really good. Wow. And then the more that I was there, I'm like, this is amazing. Like I want to continue living this autonomous life and having this fucking freedom. Like 
not only am I experiencing freedom from um, alcoholism, but now I have freedom from being stuck to that eight to five Monday through Friday job. I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? So I don't have to go back to that. And I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. hello, health and nutrition. So I went back to school. I enrolled in school in January and I just graduated in August as a certified integrative and health and nutrition coach. And, um, because of that, those two things coming together, my sobriety and then, um, my schooling, I realized what, uh, need there was for nutrition within the recovery community because Mm -hmm. there was a huge lack of it. And so I set out on this mission to do all my own additional research, because like I said, there's just not a lot like about alcohol in the health and wellness community, really, like they combine a lot of it. it's getting better, but it, that yeah. wasn't even thought about in my school a lot. So wow. I've set out, yeah, I've set out to do, oh my gosh, the amount of books and scientific studies and research that I've read that surrounds specifically nutrition for recovery. There's so many things that we can be doing um, for ourselves to help recover um, and repair our bodies from the damages of alcohol use um, mm. that are specific to us. And so that's what has brought me here today. And it's like, I've combined my two passions. And that's why I am like, I'm just so passionate about it and on a mission to spread this word to everybody. Oh, I love that. That's like the best job in the world because it's not a job. I know. It's a passion. It's that's so I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. That's exactly how I feel. Like I have never worked so much in my life, but it doesn't feel like work because it's literally all I think about from the minute I wake up to going to bed, even when I like, if I wake up in the middle of the night, it is all I think about 24 seven, because I just love it. I'm that passionate about it. Oh, it's so nice to hear. <clears throat> so I want to hear about some stuff like what makes, um, you know, like, be like, uh, what makes recovery nutrition different from other types of like nutrition? So yeah, what are some tips you can give us? Give us yeah. the, the lowdown. So basically, like I, I how I normally like starting conversations like these is explaining the importance of nutrition and recovery. And yeah. I think we can all agree on how extremely damaging alcohol is to our bodies. And as alcoholics, the amount of stress or people with alcohol use disorder, I should say, um, the amount of stress that we put on our bodies physically mentally and emotionally, it all has a big part to play in our overall health and eating habits. And food, you know, offers this momentary escape of pleasure when we're struggling and it can act as like this quick fix to alleviate stress. You know, so many of us turn to food in those moments, Mm -hmm. but this can then turn into a transfer addiction, like going into sugar, which we'll, we'll hit on that too. (laughs) Oh, the sugar. Yep. I know it's the number one thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. It can turn into this transfer addiction. And if we allow this to happen, our bodies are never going to fully heal because it's not getting the nutrients it needs. And I always like giving this example of thinking about how like all the work we have done to remain abstinent. And then if you end up getting really sick or end up in the hospital with an illness, because 
you never addressed healing your body from the damages of alcohol use. Like how awful would that be after all the hard work you've done, get sober and stay sober. And then to just end up extremely sick, or even for some that have more serious illnesses could end up dying because of it. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I should have my own podcast, or this would be a great topic for a podcast. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com ASGG. Well, guess what? Now you can. Now is the time. We want to put you in the driver's seat. That's right. We want to help you create your own podcast. Through our years of experience and trials and tribulations through the whole podcasting game, Jill from Sober Powered and myself want to give you the power to create an incredible podcast for yourself. Jill and I have reaped the rewards from growing very successful podcasts, and we want to help you do the same. Head to a Sober Girls Guide for more information now. And so through nutrition, we can really reverse a lot of the damages from alcohol use, and it can make our sober recovery journey like so much easier. And, and it can actually help us stay sober. Like there's scientifically proven certain foods. Yeah. That you can eat that will help reverse the damages and also eliminate alcohol cravings. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. I know. And it's like, whoa. So that's like a good segue to go into sugar cravings. Yes, please. This is where sugar cravings and alcohol cravings really go hand in hand. Yeah. So it all comes down to our blood sugar levels and the liver, which 
like I said, this is also the same thing that causes alcohol cravings. So when we drink, alcohol impairs our liver from being able to release glucose, which is simple sugar into our bloodstream. And that's what glucose is what we use for energy. So we need it. But, you know, there's good sugars and then um, the processed refined sugars that are not good. Mm -hmm. So, but alcohol also creates an initial sugar spike that makes your body process sugar at a higher rate, causing the sugar to be quickly metabolized below what is normal. Mm -hmm. So this causes your blood sugar to drop significantly. And then when you have low blood sugar levels, that is what's creating the craving for anything that's going to help rise or raise that blood sugar level, like cookies or candy or soda or alcohol. Cause remember, like I said, ah. alcohol, yeah, alcohol at first gives you that initial spike, but then it yes. quickly drops. So that's what uh, it's very common for those that drink alcohol regularly to end up, um, at, it's called alcoholic, um, hypoglycemia. You can Google that. Oof. Yeah. Which it gets, yeah. it starts veering into like, diabetic sort of situation. Yeah. And if you are a diabetic and you're drinking alcohol, it's a much bigger problem and it's very dangerous. Um, so some signs of low blood sugar that you can be looking for if you're, you know, to realize that you need to bring your blood sugar level back up is you'll sweat, you'll get anxiety, you'll get shaky. So like you hear a lot of people when they say they quit drinking alcohol and they get the shakes. Yeah, that's why because they don't have stable blood sugar levels. Okay, um, your heart can start racing. You'll get hunger pangs, uh, headaches, brain fog, blurred vision for some people, and then even depression too. Mm, so that's me. The the depression. Yeah, yeah I get I, I get depressed and I get extremely hangry. Yep, moody, it's like irritable. a storm. Hmm. <laughs> when you're so my one of my f- favorite lines that I always like to say is that recovery doesn't begin until your body is also in recovery because mm. ailments of the body are reflected in our moods, our feelings, and our thought processes. So yeah. when you're feeling these things, when you're feeling anxiety or depression or moody and irritable it's your body's trying to send you like these SOS messages, like something's wrong, you know, you pay attention to me, fix me. But the problem is like, we're so inundated with health and wellness and nutrition information. It's really hard to sift through all of it and know what is actually correct and what isn't. And then I know a lot of people just get overwhelmed and they're like, fuck it. I don't know. None of this makes sense. Just forget it. Right. Or they want like the quick fix, like something in a pill form or something like just really quick. So they don't have to do the steps and you know, yeah. the time that it takes to really fully repair and heal yourself. Right. Yep. And that's exactly it too. And that's what I like to remind my clients and people that I've worked with is that think about all the years and all the amount of alcohol, or even for some of us drugs that you used or smoking cigarettes, all of that, all of the years of abuse you've done. And then when you think about how quickly your body actually heals from all of that, it's really amazing. Like how quickly Mm. our body can repair as long as you're doing the things that it needs to do that. So 
that's why I am trying to get this information out there and teach people like, okay, these are the steps you need to take. This is what you need to do to start letting your body heal. Then we can repair, then we can restore. And it mm. will take time. It'll take time, but not as long as you think. And especially mm. if you're, if you're being disciplined and sticking with it. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. So the, the other thing I want to get back to with the sugar cravings, the other factors that alcohol and sugar, they both boost our levels of dopamine. So that's the reward chemical, which gives you the feelings of pleasure. So it's normal for us to crave the next thing that, you know, we're hardwired to know other than alcohol, like sugar, carbs, coffee, or even nicotine. And I know coffee, it's like, so that's another big one. Sugar and coffee are the number two biggest things that those in recovery turn to because they give us those same, um, good feelings, those pleasurable feelings, but coffee also is not good for you in recovery as well, because it does the same thing with messing with your, um, blood sugar levels. Mm. So it really is best to try and avoid caffeine, um, in early recovery. And I know people don't want to hear that, but it really will make things a lot easier for you. I totally agree with this because I am a huge advocate for decaf coffee. Um, Mm -hmm. I love decaf and I truly think like if you were a coffee lover, regardless of caffeine, you will still love decaf because yeah, you know, for a lot of us, like in the morning, it's, it's a ritual, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of our morning ritual, our routine, you know, putting in the Splenda, putting in your creamer, like whatever it is, yep. and having that time to yourself. Um, I have pretty much nailed the decaf situation. And like, I challenge every one of my friends when they come over, I'm like, you <laughs> will never know that this is decaf. Not That's one. That's so awesome. I was not one. That. Like, I wish I could go into everybody's house that's in like sober recovery, the early stages yeah. and just replace it. And they'll never know. It's like the placebo effect. <laughs> totally. You'll never, yeah. ever mm-hmm. know. And yeah. I have definitely noticed like my anxiety is 
pretty mm. much non-existent. I used to have a huge spike of anxiety. I mean, I have like anxiety just just waking up, you know, mm-hmm. just like the morning anxiety, but then add caffeine to it. Oh, yeah, that's a horrible combo. See ya, girl. Like, yeah. Adios. <laughs> I know. It's like one of the, it's in, it's funny because when it comes to that, people are like, oh no, I'm not giving up my coffee. Mm-mm. And I'm yeah. like, do you hear But do you hear yourself? That is, that's addiction. Mm-hmm. You are addicted to coffee. And, but, and you know, look, there are some benefits to coffee. There's pros and cons to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not to say like coffee is horrible because it's really not, there are good, there are benefits to it. But the problem is until you can heal yourself, until you can balance out those blood sugar levels, yeah, it's really just going to cause more harm. So I just like to say, give it up for a little bit, just a few months. And then eventually once you get things balanced back out, you can enjoy those things again. You can have it here and there. I still wouldn't recommend doing it, having it every single day, because then you get back on that cycle of messing up your blood sugar levels. Mm. Um, But particularly in the beginning, all of these things are going to help make your recovery easier. Like I look back and think about how how hard those first several months were for me and Mm -hmm. struggling with the anxiety and the depression and the insomnia and the body aches and the headaches and all of these things. And all of that could have been alleviated with how I was eating with my diet because food is medicine. Food is like the number one thing that we can go to for medicine. It's normal for us to like create, we're hardwired to know these things since we were little and being rewarded for being a good girl or boy. And then you get a piece of candy. Like that's a part mm-hmm. that goes way back. And that's hardwired in our brain that that means pleasure. That means good. Sweet things mean good. Mm. Um, things that are harsh and toxic that signals to your body that it's, it's not bad for you. So basic yeah. like al- alcohol in its purest form, your body knows that that is toxic and it rejects it. Right. First, it rejects it with smell, then taste, and then we throw it up. That's always our body saying like, this is fucking poison. Get it out of my body. But all these companies do a really good job of watering it down and putting all these sugary sweeteners in it so that you don't taste that poison so much. Um, Making it presentable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wrapping it up. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Nice but, little bow. <laughs> to to offer some more help in regards to the sugar cravings, um, mm-hmm. there's a few things that I've done that people can go to my Instagram or Facebook page uh, at Sunshine Health Recovery and download my Goodbye Sugar Cravings workbook. And that will help get you started, kind of explain a little bit more what we talked about here today. And it gives you some worksheets and things to work through to actually kind of also understand where your cravings are coming from outside Mm. of just being tied to alcohol cravings, because there's other things that contribute to why we want to grab for potato chips or candy bars. You know, it can come to like emotional reasons. Is there things going on in your life that's causing you stress? So um, my workbook will help you with that. And then um, you can also subscribe to my newsletter to be the first to find out when I release my free 14 day sugar detox course. I just did this. Yep. I just did a 14 day challenge on Facebook and I had about 50 people who participated and it went awesome. Everybody loved it, but I found we needed the freedom of the time, time timeframe and timeline. So I wanted Mm. to create a course that 
you can sign up for anytime you're ready and take it whenever you feel like it's ready and will fit into your life. So awesome. That's coming. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, I know. Definitely sugar. I am like a freaking Christmas elf. Like I will eat sugar till the cows come home. I love it. Cause it makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, yes. Little yeah. Rush. yeah it's like I literally need it like sometimes for energy too. Like I've become a little dependent on it. It's kind of scary. Well, see, and that's where it, you're right. Like, yes, yeah, we need sugar. Sugar is basically giving us energy, but you want to get it from um, natural sugars where you'll in and complex carbohydrates. So could you give me an example of what those are? Yeah. So, so for natural sugars, like instead of ice cream, what should I eat? I, okay. My favorite thing is making like a fruit smoothie bowl. Okay. I will do just a tiny bit of milk with, um, like a cup, a cup and a half of mixed berries and fruit. Um, and then I mix in, what do I put in there? Sometimes I'll put in some collagen. Oh, and a banana okay. and then blend that up. You only want a little bit of milk cause that's what keeps it thick. Put oh, it yeah. in a bowl, put some granola on there, a little bit of a hundred percent pure organic honey. That's important okay. too. And then I swear to God, it's like ice cream and Ooh. it's all, you don't have to feel guilty cause there's no refined sugars in there. It's okay. literally all it is, is fruit banana, some almond milk, and then a little bit of granola and honey. Okay. I can definitely get down with that. But what, what, what is a good substitute for chocolate? Well, chocolate's actually okay. As long as you're doing dark chocolate, you want to try and get um, okay. the ones that are 70% or more of the cacao. Okay. And it does take a little bit of time to get used to if you're like normally eat the milk chocolate. Um, because that's more processed and has a lot of refined sugar in it, uh, where the dark, dark chocolate is more decadent, but I am telling you, I love it now. It okay. over time you get used to it. And then my other secret, um, my favorite, favorite thing at, cause I get sweet cravings at night. Like mm-hmm. that was growing up. My dad always gave me dessert. <laughs> so yes. I I'm like programmed to have dessert every single night. So instead I get this um, product called cacao bliss. Uh, You can get it. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. It's basically like hot cocoa, but again, it's that 100% raw cacao bean. And then it's mixed in with like turmeric and um, I can't remember off the top of my head, all the other ingredients that are in there, but it's totally natural. It's really good for you. It has so many awesome healing properties. You mix a scoop of that with hot boiling water. And it's like you're having hot chocolate and then with some popcorn and I am so satisfied. Ooh, that sounds so (laughs) good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can, I can do a work around there. I think (laughs) I definitely need to check out the the sugar craving detox because it's getting like a little wild. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I literally just had a whole handful of gummy bears and that was like (laughs) my lunch. So oh, no. <laughs> that's not good. You don't want to replace meals with it. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm selfishly, I knew, I knew I was coming to talk to you. So I knew that you would give me some kinds uh-huh. of solutions. So I'm like, okay, See? just, just one more handful of gummy Subconsciously, bears. you're telling yeah. yourself, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and you know, I try and post stuff like regularly to give ideas. Maybe I need to post more of this kind of stuff too. Cause I don't know if yeah. I do that enough, more recipes. It's fun to have like the healthier swaps because I think, you know, f- for me personally, like I get so comfortable, like food is, is comforting for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I always go to, for that, like those comfort meals. But if yep. I, if I had maybe healthier alternatives to those comforting kind of meals or like, you know, the, the run of the mill stuff that people always like reach for, yeah. then it would kind of broaden my horizons and be like, Oh, actually like I could opt for this and not feel like shame, guilt, remorse. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, the physical aspects like, Oh, bloating, gassy, like, Oh, all that like crazy side effects that I've just dealt with. (laughs) And food should be that way. Food should be comforting and healing and this enjoyable experience. It shouldn't be like, all those negative emotions we feel after eating something we know we shouldn't have. Right. Yeah. And it's just, we need to change um, what we're used to. Like we've, we've our society, like there's whole thing behind that too. And high palatable foods and what's called the bliss point with these marketers, they've like, they found this perfect bliss point of the perfect combination of making something addictive so like all these chips and processed foods, mm-hmm. like they know what they're doing. And they're, so it's not like your fault that you're getting hooked to these foods. Like they purposely pr- produce them so that they are. Mm-hmm. But once you start eliminating those things and like, I like to say crowding them out, I don't like focusing on like, you can't have this, you know, because that just causes more stress Yeah, and you know, it should be more about intuitive eating and adding more things that are going to be nutritious for you, that are going to be delicious, that are going to make you happy and focus more on that as opposed to like, Oh, I can't have these gummy bears or these Oreos, or I can't have X, Y, and Z. It's more like I get to have this. And eventually those bad things will crowd themselves out. Yeah. I love that. And that's exactly like how we go about like, um, reevaluating your relationship with alcohol like that's our whole kind of basis it's you know not saying that you can't have anything we can we're grown women right like we can go and reach for anything exactly yeah it's giving you the reason why you don't have to Mm -hmm. right yeah and that's you know and that's too I know we touched on um previously in talking about like what what makes me different than working with any other kind of health coach. And that is exactly what you're saying. Like there, it is different for those that are in recovery and healing from the damages of alcohol use. It, it, there's different things and specific things that we can be doing to heal those specific ailments Mm -hmm. that not everybody has. And working with a coach like myself, that is a recovering person in recovery from alcohol use disorder I understand. I get it. I know exactly what you're going through. So I'm not going to be that person, that drill sergeant, you know, trying to tell you all these things when I don't even know what you're going. I I do. I get it. I've been there. Mm -hmm. And 
So the course that I'm trying to create my sober nutrition course, I'm trying to make it so simplified that because I know in the first several months of getting sober, like the last thing you, you have no energy to do anything. And the last thing you want to be worrying or stressing about is food. Like you want things to be easy. So I'm trying to create this course where it's very simplified, um, teaching and educating you on what's happening, why it's important, things that you can do, and slowly incorporating these things into your life. It's not going to be like this blunt, drastic change overnight. Like it's going to be slowly working on each week, introducing something new and working on something new that's going to be easy for you to handle and not overwhelming too. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I I wish, I wish, yeah, I wish I had you know, all this nutritional information when I got sober, uh, way back mm-hmm. when, because yeah, it's, it is definitely easier on you. Like it's easier mm-hmm. on your body for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the, um, foods that, that make, um, cravings or suppress cravings, uh, make that possible? I know you kind of touched on it, but I want to wait. So I'm sorry, say that again, foods that make cravings, that suppress, suppress cravings. Oh, so that you don't feel the cravings so much. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So what you're, what you want to do to help get rid of the sugar cravings, first of all, you want to be eating, um, at regular intervals, because like I was explaining with the blood sugar levels, once that your blood sugar level drops, that's when you're going to start craving it. So yeah, if you're, if you're eating foods that have refined sugars in them, you're going to keep craving it. It's a natural response. Like it, that's what it does to your body and the chemicals inside of you. It will keep you craving more. So you want to avoid that, but it's also continuing to keep your blood sugar levels stable because the minute they drop, then that's when your cravings are going to start. So Mm. I, you know, I suggest eating every four hours and, you know, if you're out and about carrying a bag of homemade trail mix with you, I say homemade because a lot of the store-bought ones, they add in like M&Ms and (laughs) you know, stuff like that. That's gonna, (laughs) gonna do the opposite of what you're trying to do. Like you're just trying to keep yourself full and giving yourself, um, these complex carbohydrates that are going to give you energy throughout the day. The complex Mm. carbohydrates are slowly broken down. So that's, what's going to sustain you. Um, if you're having simple carbohydrates, you know, like the white grains and things like that, that's going to be processed very quickly. And then you're going to want more you're going to be hungry. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, sense. so avoid refined sugars, eat at regular intervals, avoid caffeine again, cause mm-hmm. that's going to disrupt your blood sugar level balance. Um, you want to work on, um, your sleeping habits too, because when you're sleeping, that's when our body has a chance to repair and do all the work on your body that it can't during the day when it's trying to function. So it's really important trying to get into healthy sleeping habits, um, which that's also going to be covered in my course as well, talking about our circadian rhythm. Mm. Um, and then just eating a balanced diet, you want to be including, um, foods from all of our categories like fruits, vegetables, whole grains. So when I say whole grains, you don't want to be getting like white bread or white rice. Like you want whole grain bread, okay? <laughs> whole grain oats, organic, if you can organic for everything, if possible. I know it's pricey, um, yeah. but 
I mean, it's better to just get fruits and vegetables, period, but organic is best. So including a little bit of all of our food group. So having that balanced diet and then um, exercise too, because that's going to give us that natural release of dopamine. We all know that. Yeah. But for those that are in early recovery, I recommend doing low intensity workouts because like I keep saying, our body is hard at work repairing and trying to heal from mm-hmm. all the years of damage that we don't want to put more stress on it with these high intensity workouts. I know that's another thing. Like a lot of people jump from, um, drinking to then getting sober and then, um, working out all the time Mm -hmm. and doing these intense workouts, which, you know, for some, yeah, great. But for a lot of us like that can really actually end up pushing you, um, back and setting you back farther because it's too much stress on your body. Gotcha. And so again, I know this, I'm throwing like a lot of information at you too. Uh, but you can also go to my Instagram or Facebook page and the link in my bio, you can download my 10 step guide to sober nutrition, where I break all this down more too. So you can see like what you need to, what you can start focusing on today. Amber, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge and sharing your wisdom with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jessica. This was, I could have kept talking for hours. I, really <laughs> I know there's so much to cover. There is. Amber is such a rock star. She makes nutrition fun. That's what I love about it. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. We love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and the blog. Don't forget about the blog. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. We have tips and tricks for any stage of your recovery journey, we got your back. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com where you can also find Sober Girls swag. We have really cute merch and we also have workbooks, challenges, and everything you need if you are a sober entrepreneur or on your way to being one. We have tools to help you on your journey. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.